welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. A planetary loop, a town of darkness, a botched haircut, an island under attack, and a long-lost Project Reborn are just a few hints for the second half of our top 10 plays of 2021. What games were our absolute favorite? Listen on in to find out. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Markers on the map. Daniel and Robert revealed the first half of their top 10 plays of 2021, surprising listeners with a variety of old and new. With games like Ratchet and Clank and Rockstar's Bully in the mix, anything was possible in the reveals of these all-powerful lists. Plus, darkness lurked in the revelation that an old villain from Gameland's past lurked in the shadows. What awaits our heroes in the second half of their lists? Find out today on Markers on the Map. I tried something interesting this week. You always try something interesting every week. True, but this is really interesting because it's called Coca-Cola Starlight. It's space flavored. Space, I don't think space has a, space don't got no flavor. There's nothing in space. Well, you'd be surprised because this is a space-flavored soda that I have tried this week. And actually, it just tastes like Coke, but also roasted marshmallows? What does roasted marshmallow have to do with space? The the way I thought about it was, like, don't they use marshmallows for, like, space-type things? Like, isn't there some kind of correlation, I don't know, between space and marshmallows to where they're like, oh, you can do something with marshmallows in space? I don't know, it tastes like marshmallows and they have a sugar-free one and it tastes like the exact same which is awesome but for some reason the taste of marshmallows and coca-cola is really good and i'm kind of like sad that it's a limited edition as i am with all of these weird interesting things i tried the thing is is that it's not that surprising that marshmallow and coke or like it goes well because but like what i, I think for me alone, like, I'll say Vanilla Coke is, like, my favorite flavor. Yeah, it's close to Vanilla Coke, I want to say. It's, like, it's not quite the same. Yeah. But it's close. And it's got a red color to it. Red? Okay, now that's that's more interesting that it has a red color to it. Yeah. Than I would assume to, like, a more of a white color to it. Yeah, no, it's not like a like a Crystal Pepsi situation. Um, it, It's good. And while we're on the topic of weird things, just because I remembered it, I they, they a while ago they had these Doritos that were Tangy Ranch, and they were really good, like best flavor of Doritos I've ever had. But they were supposed mm-hmm. to have a Tangy Pickle one too, and I, I could never find them. They've been out or were supposed to be out like ages ago. And I found uh, like a, a small bag of them at a store the other day, and I like like the flavor of dill pickle, but I... I, I hate kettle chips, and the flavor is usually, like, put on to, like, kettle chips. But, like, kettle chips, I don't really like those. They're, like, they're odd to me. So the fact that there's a pickle-flavored Dorito is also really good. So, I don't know. It's just been a week of finding weird yet very delicious things. Well, the only thing I've, I say that I've had is a tradition that we have every holiday from when they're released. 
You know what the, I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. So you had some Reese's white chocolate eggs? Yes, I did, actually. And I still have some in the bag. They're somewhere. I see them. Yeah, I still got some. I haven't had any of those yet because I'm kind of sick of Reese's right now because before this oh, week, I had like two weeks. Well, listen. I had two of the king-size fast breaks, and I have gotten a stomachache after both of them. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe I need to ease up on the delicious Reese's peanut butter. (laughs) I think we just need to ease up on the sweets in general. Yeah. I'm over here having, like, trolley sour bright bunnies and, like, starburst fave reds and, like, mini starbursts, but they're the red ones, so there's, like, watermelon, cherry, all the pink ones, basically. And those are really good. And those Whoppers Robin eggs. Because they make it so appealing when you go into the store and you look at these things. But I will say that that Coca-Cola Starlight is probably the best thing I've had in a while as far as, like, sweet things go. So, at least yeah. it's a drink. <laughs> oh, did I ever mention I tried the Flaming Hot Cool Ranch? Did I ever mention that? Yeah, yeah, you told me you tried those. Okay. Those are really good, too. Well, I haven't like mentioned those. on the podcast. Those aren't sweet at all. Those are very spicy. <laughs> I don't know if I if I did mention on the podcast, then I'm forgetting. No, you haven't but... mentioned it on here. You, you sent me a message. I, yeah, they're pretty good. I feel like you taste the Cool Ranch way more than you taste the, the spice. It's sort of like the spices That's in the background. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not like the nacho the ones where the spiciness overtakes the nacho flavor. You can actually exactly. taste the ranch on these. Actually, I had the taco, the Doritos taco from Taco Bell with the flaming Hot Cool Ranch. Look at all these things we have to say just to ex- <laughs> explain one chip. Um... I found the shell of that to be spicier than the actual, like, bag of chips. Interesting. Yeah. But it's pretty good. Man, what is it with all these flavors lately? I hope, like, some of these things I really hope aren't limited edition. Like, it doesn't say limited edition on any of these If this was, like, the 90s where, like, maybe if a new flavor was so well, they just... I'm pretty sure, like, Cool Ranch was a new limited flavor until, like, you did so well. They're like, oh, let's just keep Cool Ranch. Yeah. They've done that with a few things, um, but like you know those chips that they come out with. I'm I know we've brought this up before. How they have a flavor, like three new flavors come out, and you have to vote on one, and then it stays, but it doesn't stay for that long. Stuff like that. Yeah. <sighs> but we're not here to talk about limited edition foods, although we are wont to do that on this here show every now and then. But yeah. we are here to talk about our top five games each this week here on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where we're doing exactly what I said, top five games of 2021 that we've played. Um, but before we get started, as usual, my name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Robert. How you been this week? Uh, I've been okay. I've been just under a little bit of a cold because of just some, but I've been all right. How have you been this week? I've been doing pretty okay. Very busy. Um, not a lot of time for gaming this week, but, you know, um, just busy with real life. <laughs> but here we are. Um, what I did do this week, and I'll make this brief because we're going to bring this up in, in the future. Uh, they got me. The good people at Bungie got me. Oh, I, I've I mentioned I've mentioned that I have been interested in a particular plot point uh in in destiny 2 that is going to be like covered in the witch queen expansion and they got me i bought the expansion i am currently in in the middle of it (laughs) oh you actually bought the expansion yes i played the intro missions and i'm like no they've got those hooks in me the gameplay is there but now the plot that i wanted to know more about since vanilla 
Destiny 2 has arrived. And, you know, the cool thing about it is I'm so out of the loop in that game that I don't know what is free-to-play content and what is the the paid expansion content in the expansion. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm getting a ton of stuff. I don't know what I paid for, but I sure am doing a lot of things that I don't understand. <laughs> so it's worked out. I don't know. I feel like the, the thing with like Destiny, it's like, I, I I don't know. I still just don't agree that you have to pay, was it, 40 bucks for uh, some DLC that eventually just goes away but i mean for lore wise it's all right but i don't know i don't know how good the weapons are i don't know what's going on with destiny i I have no clue what i'm doing robert i'm just playing the game and you know i've done like three campaign missions i think and i was you know trying to get some weapons to do the fourth um the campaign seems to be like comparable to the vanilla campaign in terms of length I have not bought the other two expansions, but if they ever go on sale for real cheap, maybe I'll pick them up. But I, I feel like maybe you can skip them. Um, but for me, it's like this is a particular plot point I've been interested in for a while, the, the Witch Queen storyline. And coincidentally, it kind of feels like it's following the same planet and, you know, like hero characters that mm-hmm. the Curse of Osiris expansion did um, back in Vanilla. And I, I had bought those expansions at the time. I, it was only after Forsaken, so I, I don't have Shadowkeeper Beyond Light, but we'll see what happens. Um, I don't even know if I plan on doing the raid, but I'm getting mm-hmm. a lot of enjoyment out of, like, the new area you can go to. Which is, like, everybody can go to it. Even a free player can go to the area and play the first two missions. But, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. You know, I've always said that the gameplay of Destiny is good. It's just the convolute. Like, there's a lot of new convoluted things that come with this that I really don't want to have to learn how to do. So I'm not going to, like, no-life the game and, like, have three characters running or anything. I'm just going to play casually. I think that's just the best way to go about it. Like, I I don't have the time to dedicate to a live service like that. But, yeah, just wanted to touch on that. And we have one quick piece of news that I want to get to this week because it's exciting. Yeah. This is basically half of a bigger announcement, but we'll talk about the other one next week. The, the big announcement here, though, is that Street Fighter VI was confirmed and revealed at the end of the Capcom Pro Tour season. We got a trailer with uh, Ryu and Luke, who looks like he's older, which might possibly confirm this is the long-awaited sequel to Street Fighter Three. That's all we really got, but I'm hype. It probably I don't doubt it being the sequel to Three, but I want to I want to see how far into it is it as a sequel, like. 10 years from 3 or a year from 3 or like yeah Ryu we'll definitely see. looks if, older I wonder if a lot of the 3 characters we know like 12 will, or you know just like a lot yeah. Q will be in there or something I feel like 12 will obviously be in there because 11 they have 11 in Street Fighter 5 and that's definitely a precursor to that um, I'm just hoping that we don't lose characters like Kami who wasn't in Street Fighter 3, I'm hoping, you know, Kami and Jury, like, they're popular characters, they should definitely be in Street Fighter 6. Oh, I don't doubt them being in 6 in the sense of, they didn't think of them at the time when 3, especially, like, Kami. Kami really, I guess, got back in during, obviously, Street Fighter 4, and that's when Jury first came out. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, but, you know, it, it just feel like, it would not make sense for them not to have them back in there. Yeah, 
like Cammy, I would consider her part of like the main four of like Ryu, Ken, Shun Li, Cammy. Like you can't have Street Fighter nowadays without those guys. Um, and Jury, exactly. like she's definitely in in the term in terms of popularity, definitely you know always people always want her in. There's a few other characters, but we're not going to get more information on this game until summer. So like it was kind of a like an oddly early reveal. Um, yeah. The logo's kind of very, like, esportsy, so I'm wondering if they're going to just have that big push into esports, which it seems like they've kind of wanted to do with 5 and maybe did a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to be Sony and PC exclusive again, um, but they have not said what platforms it's going to be on. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just hope it launches maybe in a little bit of a better state. Then, then five. See, I, I've never been one of the people that had a problem with the starting roster of five. I was more in the group that had a problem with all the network issues that mm-hmm. came along with Street Fighter Five. Um, but as of now, we we've seen what a really like versatile fighter it's evolved into. Yeah, Street Fighter Five at, at this point is probably. I think Street Fighter Five is probably the best Street Fighter you it, there is. Yeah. I think like, if you there's look a at lot it, of problems, but I mean, come on. If, but <laughs> look at the package. <laughs> look at, but look at the games that came before. Two was broken characters, and you knew exactly yes. which people were going to play which characters. Three people enjoyed three. The one thing that people I don't think enjoyed about three was a lot of the characters and the settings. It was just sort of that like and vibe. Maybe the out. high skill ceiling. Yeah, I want to say for three, harder to master f- maybe. Four was way more of a footsies game. It's yeah. way more that of that. I think like it's like if two was like two good characters but a lot of broken ones. Three had a lot of good gameplay, but in the sense of really okay characters and just maybe it's a little too pro and high demanding. Four is really good. Four is almost boring thing. to watch. Yeah, four is boring and it's just like footsies and it's just where compared to five, five where it's very balanced, you know, gameplay now and it's a lot of good characters and you get pretty interesting matches. Even though characters like Fong are like considered low tier, there's a lot of people who still play like Fong and like yeah. they they'll play them in pros and everything. Plus, like, just the characters that they've got in there are are super cool. All the costumes they added were cool. The uh, Ultimate Edition upgrade was awesome, giving you, like, hundreds of dollars of DLC costumes. So, like, mm-hmm. it, like the package we have of Street Fighter V here at, at the very tail end of it um, is awesome. And it, it recently turned uh, six years old, so I think it's time to go to Street Fighter Six. I mean, <laughs> if you look at it as a whole deal, you can buy the Champion Edition for 20 Mm-hmm. And then just buy the season pass for that for thirty, even less when it goes on sale, and you basically pay what fifty, sixty bucks. So you basically yeah. paying like if you bought it, it new, and you get everything, all the characters, and it's that's still, like a little over a dollar per character. Yeah, and I, it's like you get all classic Street Fighter two character besides like the original roster, not obviously like like uh like yeah, um, just the main World Warriors are there. You don't yeah, have you're like, not gonna get like T-Hawk or Adon or, or like um, Fei Long, but yeah, uh, you get you get all the classic characters and plus some really good returning characters and new characters, and in the, the vein of they weren't introduced in three, so they're technically new to that storyline. So mm-hmm. I really do hope they don't force upon this like new characters only and having like one returning oh like you know how they did with three originally it's just sort of like eh 
Soul Calibur uh, Five is similar. Calibur there was only a few characters, I think, that were that were returning, and then most of the cast was new. And I don't think that was as super well received. Like Street Fighter Three and exactly. Soul Calibur Five, you can't really compare the two in, in any other way besides that. But still, yeah. So there's that. But to keep this episode as evergreen as possible, we are gonna do. Um, so last week we did six through or ten through six for each of our top ten lists. Today we're gonna do five through one. But as promised. There are a few honorable mentions that we will rattle off fairly quickly because there are quite a few, and we do need some time to talk about our top five. So, honorable mentions I want to put on here. Scarlet Nexus. Um, You and me both played the demo of this, and we had a chat about it. We thought it was, like, a pretty good demo. I went on to get the full game, and um, you remember this, right? Yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, um, so this was on my top ten. Unfortunately, when I finished Neo The World Ends With You, that bump this off the top 10 this was going to be my number 10 um it's got a really good gameplay system going for it um combat was cool the powers that you used when you like combined with like your telekinetic powers with other people's powers like the shock and the fire Mm. and the lightning to like weaken or damage enemies and then like finish them off with some really cool dual sense implementation um it really worked um it really felt fast and fluid enemy design was like pretty cool Story was alright, but that's kind of where it falls apart. It was a lot more story than I I had initially thought based on the demo. Mm Because the demo was mostly just playing. But in the actual game, like if the story is 20 hours or so, 25 hours, then like 15 of that was cutscenes and the other 10 was playing. So I felt like a lot of times the um, gameplay and the cutscenes were so... like, the game itself was played so far, few and far between between massively long expo- expository texts. So I feel like it, if it had to get kicked out for Neo to replace it, it had to. But it's still a fun game. A yeah. uh, few more here. Hot Wheels Unleashed. I still want to have a episode where we talk about that, so I'll just mention it. And Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, the remake of Super Monkey Ball 1 and 2 Deluxe. I had a lot of fun with that. I completely beat it and did some interesting things for you know (laughs) some things i thought weren't possible in in that game and we did have an episode on that um ghost of tsushima director's cut um with its iki island dlc um that's something we will cover in a future episode and death stranding director's cut with its new 60 frames its new additions to make life easier in the world of death stranding new vehicles and just a whole bunch of quality of life improvements I will say Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is an honorable mention because it it's to this date my favorite Warriors game. It just like despite its performance issues in the frame rate department running at like sub 30 the whole time, um, mm-hmm. it is super fun, very engaging and enjoyable and all the characters move sets feel unique and different from any other Warriors game. So you've got a variety of weapons and every character does something cool with them. Um, WarioWare Get It Together, which was that WarioWare game where instead of just playing 200 micro games, you're playing 200 micro games with a, like 20 different characters and they all control differently, so you have to kind of adapt. And the last honorable mention I will toss on in this very quick segment is, you know, my most played game of 2021, and that is our good friend Fall Guys. That game, yeah, we talked about it a lot of it last yeah. episode, so... But yeah, like, I, I've played a lot, and it's really, <laughs> I'm kind of sad to not have some of these on the top 10, but like, I played just so much stuff last year. 
And it's weird because I'm, I'm looking at what I've played this year. Diddy Kong Racing DS could end up on my top 10 at the end of this year. I enjoy that game that much. And never did I think I would be playing that, let alone finishing it in 2022. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. With the honorable mentions out of the way and a nice solid portion of our episode left to record... Robert, let's say we do our top five plays of 2021. Let's get it done. My number five, Monster Hunter Rise. Now, this is the newest installment of Capcom's Monster Hunter series. It is for the Nintendo Switch, but it's been recently released on PC, so anybody who has one of those can go and run this game at a nice 60 frames. But that's besides the point. This is the follow-up to Iceborne, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, and the it, it takes less of the open-world approach and brings Monster Hunter kind of back to its, like, go to this hunting ground, and, you know, they're a little more confined, but the quality of life on display in this game is so much better than even World that this feels like the prime Monster Hunter game to get into nowadays. Um, the graphics are more reminiscent of classic titles in the series versus the more realistic take of World. Um, but everything is done so quickly. Tutorials are very quick. Movement is quick. You go running. You have a wolf you can ride on. You have wire bugs, which lets you, like, latch onto the monsters. You can knock them down. You can ride them and, like, knock them into walls or have them fight each other. The locations are colorful. The armor sets are really some can be very outlandish which world doesn't really lead into it leads into more of the realism approach um but the the coolest comparison i can make with monster hunter rise is that it feels like a game that we've both played it feels like god eater in that you can get in you can handle a mission in like five minutes i mean that that was the whole point with world right is that you can't have a lot of time you have to spend the minimum like 30 minutes and they can go for way more so i remember that when we first watched the trailer i said this looks way more like god eater and the way they're presenting is like oh yeah mm-hmm. really quick missions not so long and you don't have to spend so many hours on it like it's way more i don't want to say casual friendly but it is way more oh, it's definitely like, way more casual friendly like that that is why well, I we say it like so that it is it gives us such a negative like oh it's for casual friendly like it's just way it's friendly for everyone to play yeah hardcore, it's as easy or as hard as you want to make it you can do the single-player missions, which are designed to be easy, or you can go and do the multiplayer missions with a group. And honestly, the online in this is the least confusing Monster Hunter Online has ever been. You just go and you do a mission with people. If you want the challenge, do those multiplayer missions as a solo player. The game doesn't stop you from doing it. It doesn't force you to, you know, matchmake with somebody. So all mm-hmm. of those little tiny fixes and that, that ease of accessibility and the speediness at which combat goes missions are presented to you grinding is not really necessary anymore so you're constantly progressing you're feeling like you're getting some good use out of your time you're improving your armor your weapons and look the fights have never been cooler than in than in rise i i immediately liked it better than than world and i i was a huge fan of world back when it came out you were you talked about it like all the time i've not played rise in a while but they are gearing up for the sunbreak expansion this summer so i'll be hopping back into that but they do put event quests up like very frequently like once every couple of weeks i think maybe there's a new event quest but like the roster of monsters the presentation i don't know everything is just so cool about this 
Monster Hunter Rise definitely deserves a spot on my top five for just being like one of the Switch games that I've played more than any other. Like I think I have three other Switch games that I've played more than this. So um, definitely takes the idea of it being a handheld. Like I know the Switch is a hybrid, but like the handheld Monster Hunters, you can get through things in a couple minutes. You can say I had a lot of fun in that couple minutes. So mm-hmm. um, Monster Hunter Rise definitely deserving of the you know gold medal status of being on a top five list so that's my number five what's yours uh, i don't think i have a number five so let's just go to number four ah <laughs> uh, this is this is gonna this one's gonna take it's 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 gonna all right drum roll please my number five for 2021 is fortnite <gasps> I know, I know, we clowned on Fortnite sometimes. We clowned on the whole Battle Royale genre so a lot. In all fairness, I don't really think we've clowned on Fortnite that much. I think we clowned on Rick from Rick and Morty being in Fortnite. We clowned on it a bit. It's a bit. (laughs) But what I will say is, even though I don't know where people get this idea from... They're like, Fortnite is no longer good. Fortnite is not what it used to be. I'll say this right here, right now. I play Fortnite day one. Before before season two, before season one. Chapter one, season one. I was there day one when it first came out, when it was brand new. Fortnite has not changed that much. Like, it's changed. But to say that it's not the same game that it was is, I think, a completely false statement. I just think you probably just like that season so much that you think any other season is no, not going to be better than that. It's that whole, that, oh, how come this so-and-so game franchise can't be like how it was back in the day and blah, 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 blah. You know how it is because it's like, oh, it's because you, as we grew up on it, that's what we kind of know, so you're so familiar with that. But Fortnite's been pretty okay and decent with me in the sense of I eventually stopped playing Rainbow Six Siege because I was kind of very tired of the direction it was going and just the lack of content and the lack of like support from the you know from ubisoft and, it was and just very ubisoft much like, uh, in general probably yeah I, I i was over it wasn't gonna get you know i wasn't gonna get any a very annual franchise that comes out every year because it's just like whatever same thing it's just very boring very even from anyone else it's just like so i'm like the only game i really knew that I will say that my friend always kept playing. It was just like, get on Fortnite, get on Fortnite, get on Fortnite. I'm like, I don't, don't want to play Fortnite. Was always you know, a friend. And then he, I was just like, you know what? I'll just keep keep Fortnite, have it installed. Whenever he wants to play, I'll play it. But that's about it. To the point where I will say I've purchased quite a few skins that I, you know, I wouldn't want to get into. But I will say I've purchased quite a few skins that I don't say I regret at all. Mm-hmm. I mean... I- they, they dropped Rogue from X Men just yesterday, and I and I think I purchased her. The is it yellow now. costume Rogue or yes? Okay, is there an alt like a no. X Men Evolution Rogue? No, no. This is the Rogue I prefer. It is the yellow, co- which is the one I prefer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've purchased Rogue MJ from the No Way Home, Ch- uh, Chun Li. I purchased Cami. Uh, it's just like a, a couple that I've purchased. There's even more. There's some that I even want to purchase if they ever return to the. Island. But they've almost got is, me with a few to like actually 
play the game. They've almost got me. I'm waiting for the one that like pushes me over I the edge. Share, <laughs> I would share playing so you so you still kind of get the experience of it. Yeah. I understand the meme of it, uh, Fortnite, it's a kid's game, blah, 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 Fortnite's no good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. For The reason why I say Fortnite has been decent to me is it's perfect in every way except for one thing, and that's the building mechanic. I do not like the building mechanic. You you shoot at a person, they build an entire village, an entire tower set, and then they it's just very annoying. People don't want to fight, they just want to build until they can get some... Uh, it's just very annoying with some people, it's just like... Just play the game like if it's any... Because I understand the reason if you want to build just like a simple wall to stop them from shooting you. And then, you know, you could, you know, redirect the, how the battles... But I understand that. But when people just build entire villages and entire towers and they, they do all this crazy... It's, I, I don't know, man. It's just... It, it's more or less... It's, like, it's not like I can't learn the whole mechanic of that. But it's just why do I need to learn the mechanic of it if it's just like... I just want to fight. You get wins on Fortnite without having to do it, right? I do. I get pretty decent wins and pretty decent amount of KDs in in my games. They're not like extreme like pro status, but they're decent for me to still have a good time. Even if I don't win, if me and our friends are just mucking about, it's still fine to me. If he's like, I don't care that we lost. We had a very fun time just doing really dumb Mm -hmm. things, and that's fine enough for me. So that's like the only negative I can really say is just the really dumb building mechanic that how people overuse and abuse it that's just the way i see it but skins 10 out of 10 there's no game where you're gonna play as master chief joker no the skins are very nice too like quality kratos master chief and you never know nintendo will throw samus in there if they allow it you know it's just like it's possible you never know the possibilities how many skins are there there's real artists that are in there they just added bruno i bought the bruno mars set the bruno mars and like it's it's all in there so it's like Skins are 10 out of 10. Uh, gameplay, it evolves every day. And, you know, some things I, I like, some things I don't like. I like that they added a first-person mechanic finally with the red dot sight on, on an assault rifle in this one. But um, it, a lot of things happen. Some You know, some weapons are, are, you know, amazing. Some weapons are. But that's just, you know, the game, you know, evolving which weapons are. But there's some weapons that will never come back and some weapons I wish I would come back. Some I'm glad will never come back. I'm, I'm glad that's gone. I don't want that in the game. But it's just a lot. And as an overall package, I've had a lot of great times, you know, playing with not just one friend, but, you know, three other of my friends are just playing it. Yeah. Doing the battle pass, getting a lot of skins, just having fun. Win or losing, I don't really care about that as long as I'm having fun. And, yeah, there, there, sometimes you get those a lot of matches back-to-back where you're just getting people who are just building all the time. It's just like, eh, maybe yeah. not tonight. I'm not going to deal with that. But it still gives the option, like, maybe not tonight, but maybe tomorrow will be a better time. And... I will say that Fortnite does kind of give it you the benefit of the doubt. It will match you up with people your level to you know for say like are you being too good here? We'll give you a little. There's bit enough people playing to have skill based matchmaking. Yeah, I think the thing with people are being upset that sometimes there's bots in the game because they're like oh because people don't play it enough. It's just. You know, what if you do have to wait for people to join in? At least you, the game will actually fill it up where the the wait time is not even that long anymore. It's like the wait time is pretty much five minutes. You're in a game, so you don't have to be there waiting like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or how long it is to get 100 people. Just put in a couple bots because any either way, if you get 100 people, most of the, they all still die like in the same rate as the bots do. So it's like it doesn't make a difference that yeah. how many people are in it. Like I said, I I give them because I've had some really good experience and I've 
enjoyed my purchases on there. Even though I will say maybe I've purchased a little bit too much, more than I should ever. I did say that the only skin I will ever buy is a spawn skin, but I think there's multiple skins that I think I bought before I ever bought a spawn skin if they ever release one. But other than that, honestly, I don't mind. It's okay. I bought I bought the Witch Queen <laughs> on Destiny. I, I think those two games are, are similar for us. That They both come from the same, you know, us going to, you going to Fortnite, me going to Destiny comes from the same idea of, like, we had a really, like, decent FPS game that we were playing, but then the whole Activision Blizzard thing happened, so we're like, nah, let's, <laughs> let's distance, I'd rather I, like, support let's support something else. <laughs> that's, at least we know that's not doing anything that's hurting people. Activision Blizzard has some serious issues and, you know, moving from, a, like, a Black Ops 4 to, to these games, I think, was, like, a good move. I mean, I, I don't know why this is so off-topic and I just thought of this right now. I've been watching more of The Mandalorian. I think I'm on, like, Ooh. episode, like, 7, I think. I'm pretty close to finishing the first season. Yeah. I just can't stop laughing at that scene where Car Weathers is like, "Oh, the poison," and then and then the child absolutely know me. his name, yeah, <laughs> and then he starts he's like, "He's trying to eat me," and I just started laughing so hard that he really said, "He's trying to eat me." It's not really off topic when you think about how Mando and Grogu were uh, in. Right, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's what I was like, "Oh, I was like, forgot that." I then I showed I did show you that they added Boba Fett his skin yeah. to the game. Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are in. Yeah. Cad Bane when? <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to number four? Yeah, we can move on. All right. Number four. We know what we we love it. Yakuza like a dragon. Oh my god! If this ain't like the best turn based RPG I've ever played, take Ichiban Kasuga and his wild city of Ijincho and a, like a cast of like way older characters than you're used to in an RPG like I think Adachi's like 57 and you've got like <laughs> one of the most hilarious and engaging not only stories and combat systems but worlds like you want to be in the world of Yakuza Like a Dragon y- Yakuza Like a Dragon is such an interesting game in the sense of, I am not, I do not enjoy turn-based combat at all. I think there's only one game I've ever enjoyed, and that was Mario in Luigi's Bowser's Inside Story. It's like the only one I actually was interested in. Mm-hmm. This game looks so funny, but so interesting, and just so, I don't know, something about it just draws me in, and it makes me want to be like, I don't care that it's a turn-based, I kind of want to try it. Yeah, and it does have a little bit of that DNA from the Mario and Luigi series where, like, sometimes you'll have a timed button press in combat. Now, it's not super reliable or anything, but, like, combat feels very fluid because your characters aren't just standing there. They're walking around. So it, it it's turn-based, but it doesn't look turn-based. In addition to that, you have Yakuza's famous side quests, which are all hilarious. Like, most of them are hilarious. Some of them are, like, tearjerkers, but, like, most of the time you're going to, like, have a hilarious time doing a side quest or engaging with the world and its characters. There are mini games. You can play full-on Mahjong games. You can do a business management simulator. You can do a full-on Mario Kart game in Yakuza Like a Dragon. And this is on top of the absolutely wild main storyline that is just oh it's so good like we're not spoiling things here on on the top tens but like and i wouldn't spoil it for you because i know um you want to play it but like yeah man everything that happens in this game like you've got really long cutscenes that you're just so like 
it's like watching a really good movie. You just do not want to look away from the screen while like a major plot point in Yakuza Like a Dragon is going on. Um, voice acting is some of the top, like the best I've ever heard in a game. And it's good to know that they're planning on doing a sequel with uh, Ichiban again because <laughs> like there's there's a cool aura to the older Yakuza games with Kiryu. But Judgment seems to be taking that torch of the combat, like the brawler Yakuza games. Whereas they're going to continue... um, Because you know in Japan, this is Yakuza 7. It's just like a dragon outside of Japan. So Yakuza 8, I'm I'm imagining, will be another evolution of the turn-based formula of this one. And if they can make it even more fluid than it feels right now, it's going to be awesome. Um, Jobs let you change your character's costumes. And they'll just walk around and they'll like... If, if Ichiban Kasuga is, like, a, a dancer, he'll start dancing in combat, and all his moves will be, like, dance moves, and he'll, like, break dance and kick people in the face. It's just... It's a fever dream, this game. I'll, I don't want to spoil it for someone who hasn't played it in the sense of how weird this game gets, but let's just say our main protagonist can call in a favor from a, a very small friend, if you know, uh, to yes. say the least. <laughs> someone very cool we have an episode about yakuza and i believe we talked about it on there it's like 36 i want to say it's it's an older one um it is a much older one but yeah like the special attacks are all worth checking out if you're not planning on playing the game at least look up what the special attacks look like because they are just amazing so well animated the enemy index in this game the bestiary it's like a pokedex come on this game has everything literally everything that's my number four what about you my number four is the game that we spoke about when it was releasing and i say i'll probably pick it up and eventually play it someday and i did we talked about it a bit my number four is mafia definitive edition this is a complete remastered take note rockstar of like of, of a shade. franchise that <laughs> I, come on, dude. We all know that that trilogy set was not good. <laughs> it was not good. That it should have just been three remastered yes, in the vein of Mafia. That's why Defender I'm like Edition. the shade. <laughs> and what's funny is that Take Two owns Hangar 13 because they own the Mafia franchise. They owned oh. 2K. It's all part. Yeah. It's all part of the same people. But either way, you know, Mafia Definitive. It's I'm still pleasantly surprised at how good and much better. Hangar 13 is getting at you know remastering some of these games. Three was pretty all right. I mean, it's like as like a, a third one in the franchise. It's maybe expected more, but as a, co- a company's first try and go at an open world game, it's pretty impressive. If you really look at how much they fix a lot of things and how much they're willing to stick with it. Now, one is completely new voice acting, new animation, still keeping the same story in and maybe adding some little details here and there, but it is a completely revamped version of the game we know and love. A lot of people grew up with Mafia, you know, it's the name just drew people in and there's something about it. It just, it really fit just this certain like itch. It was trying to like scratch the whole just storyline with the open world and the characters there. I was some, some, you know, sometimes the characters are, could be a little, you know cookie cub just like whatever anyone could have thought about you know oh we're making a movie about oh just this character like i said there's a character named paulie when is in the character named paulie in the mafia franchise game but <laughs> it, it it's it's the gameplay that honestly is not terrible 
in the sense of like, wow, this is actually not a terrible, you know, from a brand new company, it's not terrible at all that this releases is like, it actually runs pretty well. The story is actually pretty interesting. It takes place during uh, the 1930s, uh, Prohibition era, uh, Chicago. And, you know, the, I will say the, a quick summary of the main story is that you're a guy who works as a cab driver. And then one night, you two men enter your, two gentlemen enter your vehicle. You drive them to a certain location. Then you don't drive away. You, you know, you, now they owe you a favor someone comes in thinking that you work for them beats up your not only you but your vehicle and destroys it so now you have to go ask to see if you can fix the favor but personally you know handle it also yourself so now that you have a good not only have you done already a favor enough but you're also having some good you know you're on the good side of, of some people you know that you know doing your favor for so it's a lot more we had a whole episode on it talked about it in that a lot of it over there but i really enjoyed it and i really hope i do hope that they make a fourth mafia either in the late 70s because i think two three takes place in the late 60s early 70s but one maybe the one in the late 70s early 80s that i would really pretty enjoy that one very much so that, that was it for number four it was mafia definitive edition uh there's a lot of cool easter eggs in that game and there's a sandbox mode mm-hmm. so i should i should probably go back and play that but what do you got for number three number three another thing that is one of those rare not cross-gen ps5 exclusives we talked about it early in 2021 um returnal from housemark now returnal is a roguelike and it's uh-huh. what i would probably consider to be the first ever triple a roguelike in a modern day and age when roguelikes are very popular because of things like hades or the binding of isaac we have a triple a roguelike from the people who made you know resigun back in the day for the ps4 um, you play as Celine, who has crash landed on a mysterious alien planet, and you are going through loops trying to figure out just what happened, how you got there, and why you're mm-hmm. finding your armor um, scattered across the planet. It has a fairly complicated story that takes place um, in each of the different biomes, of which there are six, and with little first-person segments where weird things start to happen inside of the house. But it, for the purposes of this, the gameplay. It's a run-and-gun third-person shooter at a blisteringly fast speed with, you know, uh, shoot-em-up projectiles coming at you from 360 degrees. Enemy design is eerie and kind of... I want to compare it to something like maybe Horizon Robots meets Xenomorphs, stuff like that. And everything is just so beautiful though and so fluid you are going through different areas like a dark jungle there's like a desert land or like like a like an open cave system there's an ice level there's a like like a lighter jungle there's even uh an underwater level or it seems like it's underwater where like you can totally breathe but like everything is zero gravity so you have to make sure you understand that your jumps are going to be higher um it's a very difficult game if you're not used to the idea of like, oh, you have to start from the beginning when you die. Um, but there are ways to mitigate that. There are upgrades you can get. There are weapon levels that you can, I think you can, ra- yeah, you can raise your weapon levels, but there are two distinct halves of the game that you have to go through. Um, so in the beginning of the second half, which is after a checkpoint, you will start with like a weapon that's halfway to max level. Um, so you're picking up little loot pieces that you can use to augment your abilities and you're just going through like, it's not 
procedurally generated in the sense that like oh it's gonna be super different every time i feel like each of the biomes has maybe like 40 rooms and they will all be connected differently um each time so like a lot of rooms will be familiar but they might be in a different order so that kind of keeps it fresh but as a triple a roguelike it 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 does its job at like having a successful ending and doing it in you know 40 hours and if you want to go for the platinum like 40 hours but you can do it much faster if you're like good at it from the start and i would say that not a lot of it is luck based but there are certain weapons that you can get that will totally shred through everything so it's a little hit or miss with like difficulty because you can actually like with the right gear with the right rng for a certain run you can get through it no problem i just think that like having a triple a roguelike in in 2021 was a real treat and it it's a testament to housemark that they could make something like that work so we we had a whole episode on this i think it's called the return of blue i forget what number it is but all, all these greatest hits were <laughs> rattling on here. in an episode we've talked about them a lot yeah and i'm sure if i replay it or if you play it at some point it'll come back in the future uh, but that's my number three before we get to yours i have something here robert can you guess what it is is it a new limited edition snack that's from a company that added two weird flavors to it? Close. It's a Nintendo Direct rumor. <laughs> I knew it. Rumor has it that there is a new Pokemon game coming to the Switch. Now, we are recording this a day before the Pokemon Presents, so we're going to be really late talking about that news on next week's episode. Whatever. We've been kind of <laughs> late on some of the news anyway with our recording schedule. But this is a new Pokemon game that's a Warriors game? All right. I like that idea. Pokemon Warriors game, you know, gets to play as the actual Pokemon itself or maybe as the, you know, training master. I I wonder, like, maybe you could choose a Pokemon and then, like, evolve them as you, like, choose a starter. I'm hearing it takes place in the Unova region. Now, this is big for some people because Pokemon Black and White would technically be the next game they'd need to be, like, remake. But they just did Diamond and Pearl. Uh Um, Black and White is that weird one where they didn't have any of the old Pokemon until you finished the game. So it was an entirely fresh new Pokedex of, I believe, 156 different Pokemon. And they had, since it was like a refresh almost, like I, I always refer to it as a reboot. They had things that would replace Geodude. They had Roggenrola, who was a rock evolution where the last one was a trade one. And they had all these different replacements. Like, um, Girder was the replacement for Machamp back in Red and Blue and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so it would be interesting to see some of these lesser known and maybe lesser beloved Pokemon taking on this Warriors game. But it might be a gut punch to people who would want black and white remakes to be, you know, actual Pokemon games. Yeah, I mean, if it's a Warriors game, think about the possibilities of how many Pokemon can be on battle. Yes. Maybe, maybe they get real big. You get some, you know, some really big Pokemon in there, some kaiju-sized Pokemon. Bring in our Dynamax from Sword and Shield, a returning, you you know, feature that they could have in this game. You feel me? I feel you. Some kaiju fights, you know, a little bit here and there, Pokemon kaiju fights. Who don't want to see that? The same vein as Godzilla vs. Kong? Mm-hmm. And this kind of harkens back to a game that's not Warriors, but similar. Dragon Quest Heroes, I think it was. They had giant bosses. 
giant enemy bosses that you had to like whittle down their health um i believe the first hyrule warriors also had some giant bosses so it's like the like it's a familiar thing for warriors to have giant bosses so who's to say you're it's hard to come up with unova and pokemon off the top of my head but let's say you're you're conkleder um giant you know like almost clown looking uh pokemon that's got two giant pieces of concrete like imagine a giant one just trying to smash everything its way and your superior who's the final evolution of snivy it's like Mm -hmm. this snake thing you have to like maybe you could like attack it or you could like ride up it because he's a snake he would you know slither on it like snake does and (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like the fact that i'm hearing it's an inuvin thing is like that's weird because that's a weird like nightmarish set of pokemon that i always thought was very cool so to have this be the end of course i'm sure they'd bring in the favorites after you beat the game in true black and white fashion but the idea of a pokemon warriors game in general is very exciting it should be an interesting game yeah and you know what we could call it unova warriors unova warriors (laughs) these rumors write themselves Maybe at that Pokemon Direct that's coming out the day after record, but like seven days before the episode comes up. <laughs> You'll hear uh, if you want to see if we're actually right, check the Twitter you, and then maybe we'll tweet about it. Yeah, I'll be like, well, guess we were wrong on the episode that's coming out in like five days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your number three on your top five? Uh, my number three is one that we already talked about plenty. Oh, Won't spend for too sure. Much time on it. <laughs> Is Resident Evil Village. I like that game. I, I like it's said, the only one that's on before. both of our top tens. Yeah, but it's yours like number ten. So we already talked about, you know, you know, Village. The same reason why you like Village, I have the same reason I like Village. You know, there's no any particular reasons why I like Village. Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, it's just, you know... Uh, I like that boss fight that we won't spoil towards the end. <laughs> oh, man. Such a good... It's just a very good game. I don't know. It's just There's a lot of things... It's just a lot of things that I really enjoyed about it, you know, especially one particular scene. You know, I really enjoyed the beginning Is part. Is it Dimitrescu? It's Lady Dimitrescu. Anyways, uh, I really, really enjoyed a brand new character they unveiled, and I, re- you know, not a lot of characters I, I fan over for, but there's this one boss character I was just like, yeah, I'm a fan over that. Was it Moreau? No. Hey, Moreau's a good boss fight. Yeah. yeah but it true. ain't no Donna Beneviento. It ain't no Donna Beneviento, but there's a, there's a lot of twists. This one has a lot of twists and turns. Which is it really does. Part. It did have a twist that I called. I was like, nope, I'm calling it. This is going to be part of it. And then it happened years later. I was like, I knew it. I called it. I was in the same boat. Having not played 7, but knowing some of the lore, I was like, oh, this makes sense. This makes total sense. They kind of hinted at yeah. that from the very start. Um, but if you really want to hear our spoiler talk about Resident Evil Village, like, we have talked about this Epi- yeah, in a few episodes, but times. we did have a spoiler-filled um, Tales from the Map 2. I believe it's episode 62, since I'm, like, I've got a memory for some of the episode numbers, like the big ones, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> it's a really good game. I-, I did enjoy it. Unfortunately, Mercenaries mode, uh, but that's besides the point. That's besides the point. But, yeah, that'll be my number three. I really enjoyed it this year. I wouldn't mind going back and playing it again. Number two, then. For me, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not going to spoil a thing because you've you've got my disc and you're going to play it. 
Um, yeah, I at least installed it and played a little bit of it. What a huge surprise reveal that people were so down on, but for some reason you and people, me were, like, super into it. Like, Yeah, it, it, people just had... I understand, like, yeah, Square Enix, Avengers, whatever, but it's, like, completely different people who are making it. It's not the same team. It's completely different. Yeah. People wanted to hate on the art of it i don't know where that came from the art style the way the characters look i just don't know i think it's awesome and the graphics themselves are like incredible in this as well as the game running at a smooth 60 but how does it happen robert that in 2021 square enix released a single player triple a game with no microtransactions that did not get delayed that runs and plays this well and was satisfying from start to finish does that happen with anybody has that happened with anybody that in has the past not like five with a, years? A lot of games, especially from companies that should be doing it, or yes. that you would think that would be doing it. It's sort of just this crazy. It we're saying we're we're, we're like we're not like haha. Look at you, you look dumb. We're just like we told you. Look, it's good. Like just try. Like the, even from the like trailers and the way they're presenting it, it would like it, no, it looks good. It looks way better than what most people are trying to give it to be, or like trying to be like, oh, it's not. It looks pretty good. Yeah, and this was a satisfying twenty-hour, very well written, hilarious, and well acted story that you almost forget again that you're playing a game with this one. The combat is serviceable enough. It's got a good flow to it. It's very fun. You are constantly getting new things, but it's secondary to the plot and the characters who are so lovingly performed and animated that it's just... I, I don't see how anybody who plays this game could dislike it. Yeah, it's it's just... Uh, I'm really glad people at least started giving it that actual... Like, I'm glad that actual... Reviews are coming and being like, wait, this game's actually really good. And people actually started trying to give me the actual chance it deserved because it is yeah. an actual good game. What what makes me sad, though, is that they said that the sales recently, actually, I think it was this week, that the sales undershot their expectations. And I'm like, mm. promote the game, Square Enix. Promote it. It is more or less on there and they promote it more. I haven't seen much promotion since it's initially released. So yeah, you got to promote your single player it. game and people will come. Yeah. I, it's just one of those things where it's just like this is why companies don't make games like that anymore. We we gave it all the check marks of like actual good game, hit it on the actual release date, having this this where everyone always says that's what they want, and it's now it's they it's it didn't not underperform so strong, but it did underperform that it should have performed a little bit better. So it's yeah. Like, this is why companies keep making the Battle Royales, Battle Pass, all Games that stuff. Games as a service. Yeah, it's because they look at this like, well, we're giving them what they want. They don't want it, but they'll eat up any game of a service or Battle Pass or whatever multiplayer game it is. Now, imagine an Avengers game where you played as one character and you controlled the other characters like you do in Guardians by letting them do their move when you click the command. Would people like that better? Or do people have the sour taste in their mouth from Avengers and wouldn't even give this a chance? Or some people even complain that there's only one playable character. I'm like, isn't that the exact thing you were complaining about? How there's six playable characters in Vanilla Avengers? Too many playable characters. Too many. So they're only focusing on one character. Ah, it's not enough characters. What I'm saying here is that Guardians of the Galaxy is an incredible game. And by all accounts, should should be impossible for <laughs> in 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 2021 like how how did this come out and no delays on top of all that and it's this polished yeah. and good it's an anomaly 
it's a fever dream. It's like Yakuza Like a Dragon. And Deadly Premonition 2, also a fever dream. <laughs> that's, a real, that's a real callback. <laughs> so that's my number two. We won't get into plot because that's a plot that you deserve to experience for yourself. Yeah. Your number two. My number two is a game that I think when I first saw it, I was like, definitely need to try it. Mm-hmm. Probably will love it. Gonna try whenever it comes out. And I bought it when it came out. Dusk. Ooh. When I first saw Dusk, I said, this looks like a supercharged on maximum level ultimate power doom. And I'll say this. I do not like the N64 graphics at all. I think they've aged very poorly. Not a lot of games look very great to this day. But Dusk being inspired by those type of graphics somehow... I would say if this game was released and you know when the sixty four was out, I would be like this is one of the games out this is one of the games that actually you know age very well. I don't know what it is, but Dusk is such a fast paced, you know, PvE doom esque game where you're going around collecting things, collecting new weapons, finding you know ways to defeat your enemies. It's just so much fun. And it's one of those you don't need to know the plot, you don't need to know anything, you're just a really cool guy and you're going around and you're taking names and you know you're and you're, you know, guy. you're taking them off you know you're taking names and taking them off the list that's what you're doing and i that's what i prefer sometimes you just want a fast-paced fun game like that and i really do miss some you know fps games are like that obviously all combat and multiplayer they're a little bit slower than they need to be but i haven't played the new doom even though i'm very interested in playing a lot of the, the, the two new ones but dust just had that retro feel and just a really funny joke with the toilet towards the trailer and it just looked it just the aesthetics of it just looked very pleasing to me and i really wanted to try it there is really no plot you're just going around each level defeating bosses there probably is some plot there and you know but it's not enough to really just feel like oh this you're not playing it for the plot you're playing it for the actual gameplay and the gameplay is fun it's a fun game it runs 60 frames for i'm pretty sure it runs 60 on the switch it, does. it doesn't it's it looks pretty fluid. close to 60 yeah it's a very fluid game a lot of decent selection of weapons the customization is really well you can choose the size of your weapon how like it could take up the whole screen if you want to if you want to like, seem like you're like zooming in on it really close you can make it like really tiny where it's just like it doesn't take much of the screen up at all so it's just a really fun game and that's all it is it's fun game there's no dlc which is like there's no problem there's like there's no story there's nothing it's just gameplay and the person playing it playing it and fun and sometimes you just need that you don't need a story all the time you don't need this just good gameplay and a good game and just play it i, I love those type of games like that that you can just pick up and play it's almost like mario kart is in the same boat binding of isaac it's yeah. like you you know what you're getting into You'll go in, you'll tackle it for 15 minutes, you'll you'll feel satisfied. And Dusk, I've exactly. played, as we know, as well. Um, I, I enjoy their screen filtering options, because we know I'm a big fan of that. But also their accessibility options, which I always like to touch on in games like this. Really good if you're not super good at the genre of, like, a like a, I think they call them like a boomer shooter, you can tweak the difficulty to be just perfect if you just yeah. want to go around blazing through things. And that's not to mention the jump dash thing where you can almost go up a vertical wall oh, on this jumping, is incredible. Yeah. It reminds me of like uh, GoldenEye, how running sideways was faster. Yes, you know, some, that is jumping. definitely a thing. In Stuff dash. like <laughs> that, yeah. Or at least it feels like it. it. Like just looking at it, it feels like it, even if it's not. I, I like it. I've not finished Dusk, but 
I will one day, I'm sure. <laughs> or at it's least go back fun. to it. What would be your number one? I think it's safe to say we know what my number one is. It's a game that I've waited a long time for. At E3 in 2021, when Nintendo had their uh, online presentation, I was thrilled to see that there was a new Metroid game. Sure, that's one thing. I'm always for that. The fact that it is the long, like, canceled twice, rumored forever, Metroid Dread, originally a a DS, like, launch window title, come back to life with the original concept, according to the director, on the Switch. And you have one of my hypest gaming moments ever. I mean, I wish we had recorded the reactions to that E3 showcase because I was, like, I had tears coming down my eyes, dude. This is a game that is a sequel to Metroid Fusion, which came out in 2020, or 2002. Um, so it's been 19 years in the making, and it lived mm-hmm. up to my expectation in every single way and beyond because there is a moment in this game that is such a huge payoff for um, Metroid Fusion fans, which is my favorite Metroid game, you know, before Dread. Such a good payoff for, for being a fan and, and waiting that long for a sequel to Fusion and seeing the Metroid timeline finally progress um, because, of course, Prime takes place earlier in the timeline. Um, but, like, this was such a big moment for me. Playing this game, it's so fluid. It takes Mercury Steam's, you know, advanced movement things from their 3ds remake of metroid 2 so there's like free aiming there's a counter but everything is just so fluid in this it's fast paced the map is very well designed the areas are distinct the music is very eerie the boss fights are challenging but manageable and it was like i i I finished the game 100 percent, which i tend not to do in some of these with the like shine spark puzzles but like i i had to use guides for like how to do those but like man it's a feeling just playing a game when you're just enjoying every last pixel on the screen to such a high degree to, to where I would say Metroid Dread is by and far my number one game of 2021. By and far. Kudos to them for delivering on this. Thank you. <laughs> Nintendo, if they don't release it soon, they will release it eventually. Yes, I'm, I'm interested to see where Prime 4 goes because, you know, Retro's doing that and it's been like five years at this point. I think it was revealed in 2017 at, at E3. So, like, we're, we're, we're heading to a really long time where this has been in development and restarted development and in development again. But, yeah. Maybe that'll be the 3D Metroids moment, like Dread was the 2D Metroids moment, and what a moment it was. So, that's my number one. What's yours? My number one is one that doesn't need an introduction. We're not going to talk a lot about it. We have multiple episodes talking about it. We have an entire, like, 90-minute special on it. It's full of spoilers, to be sure. Yeah, But so... I know people are like, oh, but, like, come on, you just got to go listen to those. They were talking to the deal, but no doubt Ghost of Tsushima was my number one. Dream game all the way, man. Just everything. On, oh, such a great open world samurai game that I was just, like, playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I was like, man, I really wish there was a game like this, but with samurai, here comes Sucker. You know, here comes Sucker. I was like, well, do we got the game for you. Oh, boy. 
like I said, we're not gonna we don't need to talk a lot about it, but it is I enjoyed it very much where it is probably maybe in my top twenty games of all time, maybe even fifteen, maybe even close to ten because it's really good. I enjoyed it very much. It might be my second favorite game of all time. It's everything about it is just it's really fun. They did everything correct, and to think that this uh, not only a movie and TV show series being made, but like, please, I'm begging for a sequel. I would enjoy a sequel very much. It's like I'm not demanding it. I would just pretty much knowing that if House of Cards did so well with this sure. one, it's it's just like how much more they can do now, knowing what the first one was succeeded on and maybe what they can add and change a bit for a sequel. And we do have that ghost of Tsushima special. I believe it's episode 71. So it's like not far back from this one. Um, it does contain spoilers, but we did break the game down into like it's environmental storylines and storytelling and the movement and how that just meshes so well with it in the characters. It's really such a well-designed world and sucker punch. It's like, to see their evolution from Infamous to Ghost of Tsushima has been, like, because I've played their, their catalog from Infamous mm-hmm. to Ghost of Tsushima, and it's just, like, just the progress in in making something so engaging. Like, they're all engaging games, but the progress they've made in something just completely engrossing as Ghost of Tsushima is so awesome to see unfold over, like... I think it's 11 years between Infamous 1 and Ghost of Tsushima. So, yeah, the team at Sucker Punch, always a pleasure to play one of their games. Exactly. So that's that's honestly why it was your number one of, of 2020, and it's my number one of 2021. It is just, it's just, I just enjoy the game very much. I've enjoyed... I don't know, it's just something, something about it. It's just not even just like it's like oh you don't know what's like I know exactly what's it, but we've have a whole episode about it. So if you yeah. want to know, just go listen to that episode. And we'll have an episode about Iki Island in the future. I think I need to Hopefully replay soon. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, if you're on the fence about Ghost of Tsushima, and why would you be? But if you are, they are giving Legends as a PS Plus game in March. That is true. So if you haven't, like Legends comes with the package. But it's also available standalone, so if you want to get some combat in, some customization, there's a lot of interesting cosmetics in the in the multiplayer Ghost of Tsushima game. Um, there's like a raid and everything, so it's like a it's a little live servicey in how it presents itself, but like the core of the combat is there and it's a ton of fun. So yeah, that about wraps up the top ten of 2021. The top ten plays. Yep. I think like there's a lot of good stuff on here for sure. There is. Uh, so there's outside of that next week, I think we will finally, since all the giant news is taken care of and the top 10 games are taken care of, I think, unless there's a Nintendo director or something, and there was already one of those, we might have ourselves a regular episode next week. I might finally get to tell the listeners how I feel about (laughs) the amazing Pokemon Legends Arceus. (laughs) Oh man. Guys, I've got like... A list of like 25 games that I've played recently. We need to talk about Banjo-Kazooie on here. One day. Yeah, and Diddy Kong Racing DS, which I love. I love that game so much, (laughs) except for the bosses and the touch challenges and literally anything that's not the racing. But we'll get to a regular episode next week. Uh, So we're all out of time for this week, but we want to let you know we appreciate everyone who listens and thank you so much. 
Um, please listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. And as always, those links will be on our Twitter, and that is at Markers on the Map. Uh, so we'll go ahead and, and wrap this one up, and we'll have a regular episode for you next week. Meanwhile. Uh, no. Last wave. Last wave, last wave. You, you, the, the, the antimatter, it goes right there in the square. <laughs> And, um, what, you gotta put that one over there. No, trade with him. Trade with him. Bla- last wave, last wave. You have to trade with him. You gotta learn more languages, last wave. You just have to fly your ship over to that bla- last wave, please. Go to a different galaxy. You're getting no closer to the, to the, to the last wave. What? I can't play the game if you're telling me what to do. So please just let me play it. You put that antimatter in there, Blastwave. I'm gonna don't lose it. Stay quiet. I'll put this antimatter <laughs> in you, and you can go <laughs> to space for all I care. Please, just put the antimatter in the ship. Oh, I bought the console and I bought this game. I'll play it however I want it. I'm going home. Go play it on your console. I'm going home. I'll see you online later tonight. Alright. Yeah, I am. And I heard someone's been spreading lies about some imposter, Pop Alien, being here in Gangland. I saw him. He was real. How do you know this? You don't think I'll listen to y'all little show? I defeated Pop Alien with my own hand seven years ago to save this city. Save is a loose way to put it. They told me you just wanted to rule it yourself. That's beside the point. My point is that you need to stop spreading your little lies. Cause Pop Red says so. What you say, Pop Red? Uh, what? What you say, Pop Red? Pop Red. What? Are you a fan of professional wrestling? Professional wrestling? What's that? It's when... Well, uh, where to start? It's a form of... I'm kidding. I know what professional wrestling is. Green Badoof, I need you to take this. It's a magical 3DS. I like the 3DS, but this one's got a little red button right there next to the circle pad. If you see this so-called pop alien in Gameland, you press that red button and you drop the 3DS, and I'll be right there to take care of this this person pretending to be somebody who represents a really bad time in my city. Okay. Ellen here. Take this. Super Street Fighter 4 3D. One of my favorites. A launch title. You can play that. You really sink your badoof teeth into it. Scamper on off home. Okay, remember, if you see him, press that button. I'll be there. Goodbye, green badoof. Goodbye? Oh boy. Super Street Fighter 4 3D. Can't wait to play this one. 
I, I, I guess it's true what they say. Uh, the real Super Street Fighter 4 3D was the friends that we made along the way. Uh, so, uh, your hosts of Markers on the Map will see you next time. Bye! Go shot out.